When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So I killed Dakota. Mm-hmm. Or you're Dakota now. It's one of those two. I can be Dakota. I can put on a little hillbilly accent and talk about puzzles if you want. Yeah. I was just, I saw a ghost bed. and I, I would prefer that you don't do any of those things. <laughs> uh, yeah. It's bad enough when it's organic. <laughs> um, <clears throat> this is... Uh, this is something this show is going to be about, something I saw on uh, Twitter. This dude that I've run into a couple of times and a bunch of my buddies have worked with, Gabriel uh, Naranja. It's a former State Department guy, National Security Council guy. And <clears throat> it seems like a lot of people in the administration, now you, you probably remember when... Trump started saying stupid shit from time to time about foreign policy and people inside of the administration would leak like, Hey, we don't support that. Right. And it's, I I doubt it's to undermine him. It's more so to let other world leaders know like, Hey, we're not actually doing this. Right. Um, it's kind of like that episode. I don't know if you've seen the show space Force. I, it seemed too on the nose for me to want to watch. It's a bit much. yeah. Yeah. Uh, but there's one episode where, uh, China runs over the flag on the moon, the American flag on the moon. <laughs> and uh, so they want to retaliate and, and the Secretary of Defense wants to nuke China <laughs> or some shit. Uh, <clears throat> but, you know, it's it, it's happening now with Biden. No surprise. I mean, it, it was a, more surprising to me after Afghanistan to see all those state and defense people standing up for what had happened there. Yeah. Uh, and then two weeks later, they were like, oh, actually, we did tell them that this was happening. Like, it, it just took, maybe there's a two-week delay on that service. I don't know. Um, but now, there's, there are people inside of the Biden administration, on the state side especially, State Department side, that are starting to leak things because it's getting out of hand with some of the shit he's doing. Um, <clears throat> now, I just sprung this on you today. Minutes ago. Because yeah. uh, somebody chickened out. Yeah, Jeremy Peters looked the show up, realized that I wasn't just going to fucking agree with him, and ran away. Because he's an MSNBC con- contributor. Yeah, well, to be fair, you pay me to agree with you, so it's... Yeah, I do do that. I don't want to tell you. <laughs> um, anyways, this is going to be a good one. <clears throat> Frightening, maybe. Uh, The premise of this is Biden appears to be trying to reinstitute the nuclear deal with Iran that uh, he worked on and and, and Obama did. What year was that? 14? Somewhere around there. Which he's wanted to do from 
the jump. I mean, he, he mentioned that, I think, in the campaign. Yeah, I mean, why wouldn't we want to give them $100 billion and a bunch of their terrorists back? Uh, fuck it, man. I mean, we're, we're going to need their oil now, apparently. Um, <coughs> excuse me. So let's go through some of this. Uh, it's called, the, the thing they're working on right now is called the Joint Comprehensive Plan of Action, which is a completely unnecessary fucking phrase. What, what is it? In, joint Comprehensive Plan of Action. Why? Just yeah, call it the I fucking plan. I don't, man. that's, it's, that's fucking a lot. Is that, that's the nuclear deal? J.C. Poa. Yeah. Uh, it's the, it's, so the, the, yeah, it's yeah. a, it's a 15 year long agreement reached in 2015 during talks in Vienna between the UN Security Council, P5 plus one, which is not power five conferences in football, but the uh, Security Council's permanent members plus whomever the away team is for that year. Yeah. Like every year there's a, there's one country that gets to be on the Security Council. Is it just one? Yeah, I think so. Okay. I know there's like, a, I thought there, I know there's a couple rotating. I do actually, this name makes sense to me on one level, and that is it's so boring. Yeah. That you would overlook. Like, you'd be like, I'm not reading that. Yeah, that could be true. I'm actually. not reading what's in that. Um, now, <clears throat> obviously, Iran is involved because it's about the Iran uh, nuclear program. Um, formal negotiations for the Jikpoa. Can we call it that? Jikpoa? Yeah. Yeah, why not? That almost sounds racist, but I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't even know why. Uh, began with the uh, adoption of the Joint Plan of Action. Uh, in 2013, which applied short-term freeze on Iran's nuclear program in exchange for alleviating some of the economic sanctions against them. Um, The JPOA eventually led to another agreement in April 2015, the Iranian Nuclear Deal Framework. Again, framework is a completely unnecessary word. That's that's like a fucking... It's like a... uh, Somebody in college, sophomore year, shitty major, but they're having to do some literature classes and they have to add extra words to their paper. Right. That's what that is. They're just trying to boost their word count here. Um, <clears throat> so uh, that limited Iran, Iran's ability to enrich and process nuclear materials, uh, allowed UN to monitor uh, Iran's nuclear program, so on and so forth. Go in and inspect whatever. Is it yeah. a U, was it a UN inspector? Yes, UN, okay. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, so same with I mean, uh, we, we Hans s- Bricks. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, so the JCPOA was agreed upon in July of 2015 and reduced Iran's stockpile of low-enriched uranium by 97% for 15 years, along with placing two-thirds of their centrifuges in storage. What? Um, so we were just punting? I, I guess. I, th- this deal was always <clears> like... Deeply confusing to me. Like they're still allowed to use nuclear power. Yeah, and then that we're just like, don't make, don't do anything else. Uh, it also limited Iran to enriching uranium at only their uh, Natanz plant. I don't know what that word is. Uh, limiting research and development work uh, on enrichment to that facility. <clears throat> um, prohibited Iran from building any new enrichment facilities for fifteen years. Um, Allowed Iran to build, rebuild the Eric Heavy Water Reactor, uh, Heavy Water Research Reactor, excuse me, in support of uh, peaceful nuclear research. Um, <clears throat> a heavy water reactor is required for the enrichment of uranium. Yeah. 
just for those who don't know. Um, and let's see. Oh, okay, there we go. It ensured all spent fuel be sent out of Iran. Uh, so they can't use it for dirty bombs, I guess. Export excess heavy water to the international market. Prevent the Fordell facility from enriching or or researching uranium enrichment for 15 years. Allow the IAEA, which is the International Agency of something, energy. Maybe. <coughs> um, God, there's just a lot of letter organizations. Yeah. Allows the IAEA inspections in perpetuity for as long as remain, uh, Iran <coughs> remains party to the nuclear nonproliferation uh, agreement. As a result of the JICPOA, the breakout time, uh, the amount of time it would take Iran to produce a single nuclear weapon, was increased from two to three months to a minimum of one year. So... <laughs> I don't get it. What? We have this deal for 15 years, but it only extends nine months, the time it would take them to produce a nuclear weapon. Right. So they could still produce one potentially, but it would just take longer. I guess maybe the only thinking that is we could intercede somehow. I don't, I don't, it's, this deal's always been really fucking confusing me. By the way, apparently the Israeli government as of two months ago believes Iran is, one to two years away from being able to produce a nuclear weapon. Uh, yeah, they're probably right about that. Um, <clears throat> let's see. Following the verification of Iran's compliance, sanctions against Iran would be either terminated or suspended. Uh, so it was like, uh, you know, you get a smiley face sticker if yeah. you do this, and we don't sanction your fucking oligarchs anymore. Here's some Pepsi. <clears throat> uh, U.S. sanctions against Iran related to human rights abuses, missiles, and support for terrorists are not affected by the agreement. That's a very key thing to remember. U.S. sanctions against Iran related to human rights abuses, missiles, and support for terrorists are not affected by the agreement. The JICPOA, the 2015 version of this, the stipulations that would allow for sanctions to be removed from Iran, provided they behave correctly, didn't include any of those things. Those sanctions would stay in place. They, the sanctions on that stuff would stay in place? Yeah, like the, Or they wouldn't sanction it? No, it would, the sanctions would stay in place. Oh, okay, so okay, So okay. uh, Ayatollah's holdings that he came about through dubious methods, um, <clears throat> I can't remember this fucker's name. We'll get to it later, but one of the guys that was involved in the 83 Beirut bombing, a um, number of other guys. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, in the event of Iran violating the agreement, uh, any of the P5 plus 1 can invoke a, quote, snapback provision, under which sanctions go back into place immediately. After 15 years, many provisions of the JICPOA will expire, including many of the restrictions placed on Iran's enrichment. Now, one of the first things that Trump did was executive order this thing out, right? Right. He, well, did, he executive ordered us out of it, Maybe, I don't know. I well, think on. other <clears throat> countries were still in, but I mean, it became pretty toothless, I think, yeah. once we left. Things. I think it was, I think it might have been similar to the exit of the Paris Accord. Mm, okay. <clears throat> so the Iran Nuclear Agreement Review Act is a bill passed in 2015, which gives Congress the right to review any agreement reached uh, by the P5 plus one talks with Iran. Um, <clears throat> on October 13th, 2017, 
Trump announced that he would not make the certification required by the INARA due to his view that Iran violated Iran violated the spirit of the deal. Uh, <clears throat> they kind of live in violation of the spirit of the deal. Yeah, and about two years later, he fucking muck-ducked um, Soleimani. So it's right. like, uh, let's see, Trump called on Congress and the international partners to address the perceived flaws in the Jigpoa and ensure Iran can never obtain nuclear weapons. In May of 2018, the U.S. withdrew from Jigpoa after Trump claimed he would negotiate a better deal. So I guess he unilaterally pulled the country out of it, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, we kind of, it was all done by the executive branch, right? I mean, it wasn't in the first place. Yeah. So he, he didn't pull out some, he didn't like nix a congressional mm. order <clears throat> or congr- like a bill or anything like that. He just did yeah. presidential foreign policy shit, basically. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> one year after withdrawing, the U.S. reimposed several sanctions on Iran, leading Iran to take countermeasures, including halting sales of excess enriched uranium and heavy water to other countries. Iran <clears throat> also said they would continue to enrich uranium beyond the agreed-upon threshold of 3.67% if the other parties involved in the agreement did not fulfill their duties to allow them to benefit economically from the agreement. <clears throat> Iran made the decision to resume enrichment after all major European companies uh, abandoned doing business with them out of fear of reprisal from the U.S. Um, that's kind of happening to Russia right now, although <coughs> they've got, uh, they'll just fall into their lover's arms in China. They're not worried <laughs> about us. Um, okay, here it is. So in 2020, Trump claimed that the U.S. remained a, quote, a participant in the Jigpoa, despite having formally withdrawn in 2018 in an effort to convince the UN Security Council to reimpose sanctions on Iran for breaching the agreement after the U.S. withdrew. Also in 2020, the U.S. Ambassador to the UN, Kelly Kraft, defended the U.S. goal of restoring sanctions against Iran by saying, <clears throat> quote, history is replete with tragedies of appeasing regime- regimes such as this one, uh, that for decades have kept its own people under its thumb. The Trump administration has no fear in standing and limited company on this matter. I only regret that other that other members of the Security Council have lost their way and now find themselves in the company of terrorists. That's a bold statement. I mean, who on the Security Council isn't in the company of terrorists? Uh, but I, like two of the two of the three or two of the what five six people on there are Russia and China. China. Yeah. Fuck. Yeah. Like what are they? Yeah. And I mean, Iran's part of, um, uh, in the in the general vicinity of the whole Belt and Road situation, and Russia's just basically down to find any friends they can. Yeah, they're uh, Russia's kind of like Anthony Scaramucci. They just show up and hang out a while until people realize they're cunts. <laughs> <laughs> that dude's been fired from every job he's ever had. Um. <clears throat> After Biden was elected in 2020, he said his intention to rejoin the Iran nuclear deal, despite uh, Naftali Bennett, the new Israeli prime minister, advising against it. In early 2021, <clears throat> talks between the original Jigpoa parties took place in Vienna, but were ultimately put on hold due to the election of a new president in Iran. Not that the president of Iran is a thing. Right. Being the president of Iran is like, 
being the coach of a team that LeBron James plays for. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you've got no real authority. Um, Except for the one guy who used to get press all the time. Akhmedajad. Uh, Akhmedajad, yeah. yeah. But he's where now? I don't know. He follows some weird people on Twitter, by the way. <laughs> what, what weird, like Serena Williams and shit? No, no that would almost be normal. Uh, he, his, <clears throat> he had a great Twitter. Uh, and it was like, he, he followed like some sports teams, like American sports teams. And he was like commenting... Man, he might have commented on like a college football playoff selection or something <laughs> weird like that. He's like a huge Texas fan. That's why he's all pissed off all the time. Like, oh, they're going to be back this year. Yeah. And fu- every every uh, September and then by fucking October, he's like, I'm going to kill <laughs> white people. Fuck this. <laughs> um, <clears throat> so an agreement to continue negotiations was reached in October of last year. In light of the continued negotiations, uh, Secretary of State Anthony, Anthony excuse me, Blinken expressed hope that the talks would uh, be successful while warning reporters that, quote, the run- runway we have left is getting shorter and shorter. Uh, I assume by that he means that the time they have to negotiate versus the time that it would take Iran to build a bomb is the, the, that margin is super slim now. Yeah. Right. That's, that's got to be what he's talking about. <clears throat> um, Which apparently, according to Israeli intelligence, it, or Israel, the Israeli government, it is. International Atomic Energy Agency, IAEA. But anyways, yeah, I mean, Israel's always going to say that. Yeah, because yeah. it's completely unacceptable for them, uh, uh, to them, for Iran to even have nuclear technology at all. Yeah. Much less a fucking bomb. Um, <clears throat> Nick's wearing Crocs today. Anybody notice? Oh, he wears them most days. I think we all need to start wearing Crocs. Do you, do you own a pair of Crocs? I do not currently. I'm buying everybody in the office Crocs. Okay. Send me your shoe sizes. <laughs> Are you picking the colors? Don't fucking roll your eyes at me, Sean. I think 10s all around. No. No, you're a 10. And a half. I'm an 11. I'm a nine and a half. I'm a nine and a half. I'm a petite boy. You have, a ti- you have tiny, tiny feet. Yeah, how, you're like Deion Sanders now. He's not going to be able to stand up again, right? He got his big toe and his fucking uh, index toe cut off. What, Rob really? Sean has the same foot. size feet. Yeah. That's sad. For who? Rob. Well, yeah. No, I don't know. You can still shop in the little boy section. It's nice. Yeah. yeah. Later. Brittany buys all kinds of fucking child shoes. Yeah. Ch- ch- uh, shoes for uh, obese 10-year-olds are yeah. cheaper than shoes for adults. <laughs> what the fuck are we talking about? Um, <laughs> Ghost beds. Um, no, not yet. Almost. Um, <clears throat> so Russia's ambassador to the IAEA in Vienna expressed support for Iran's demand that the U.S. not fully withdraw from the Jikpo agreement, saying that their reasoning was, quote, logical and justifiable. Um, at the start of the seventh round of negotiation, now that's a big deal with American politics. It's something I talk about a lot. We, we govern in four-year increments. Right. So we, a president makes these deals, <clears throat> and then the people of Iran start being able to do commerce and stuff again, and like, all right, cool, our country's getting a little bit better the people are getting a little bit more power. Sanctions always hit people first before they ever hit the fucking government or industry. Um, And then the next guy comes in and is like, fuck you. Yeah. We're not doing this shit. And I don't think um, people that don't understand American politics have any idea what's happening. I mean, even if you did fully understand American politics, would that make it any better for you? Really? Like, wouldn't you still be like, God damn it, dude. Just, 
Effectively, there's no difference. Yeah. I guess it just depends on your attitude. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> um, uh, at the start of the seventh round of negotiations, uh, European, Russian, British, which Russia and Europe are, Russia and Britain are both in Europe. Uh, European, Russian, British, Chinese, and Iranian negotiators express optimism about reviving the agreement with a European diplomat saying that there's a 70 to 80% of the preliminary deal had already been done. Uh, The primary demand made by Iran uh, that negotiators from the West refused to accept was the insistence that U.S. lift all sanctions against them before Iran would agree to scale back their nuclear program. Uh, to the previously agreed upon restraints. Ultimately, the new proposals made <coughs> excuse me, by Iran were deemed to be unacceptable, and Western negotiators saw little chance of success unless uh, Iran agreed to change the position. Sounds like the uh, Major League Baseball situation now. Uh, negotiations continued through the end of last year, with Russia and China putting diplomatic pressure on Iran to reverse its stance. Specifically, that they like no longer like they back down first, not the U.S. Correct. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Russia and China want Iran to allow sanctions against oligarchs and and business people that are fucked up in Iran. Yeah. Basically, um, which is weird because we're doing that to Russian and Chinese people too. Right. Uh, <clears throat> well, especially Russians. Yeah. Uh, on February twentieth of this year, two hundred and fifty members of Iranian Parliament issued a statement urging current President Ibrahim Razi to comply with the requirements uh, put forth by the West um, <clears throat> at the beginning of March, a senior, which is last week. A senior official and spokesperson for the U.S. State Department stated that an agreement was close to being reached. Reviving the Jikpoa has become a priority for the Biden administration as Iran could add roughly 1 million barrels of oil per day to the global market significantly reducing the cost of crude oil and reducing the overall threat of nuclear war in the region. The current talks being held in Vienna are being mediated by the original European members of the agreement as well as Russia and China. So that's the first thing that really caught my attention about this is that while Russia is in the middle of an invasion of Ukraine, they're still in Vienna negotiating to not give Iran too much military power. Right. And I don't know how it affects Russia for a million barrels of Iranian oil to hit the market per day. I I don't know how that affects them. I don't know either, especially because I think the Biden administration announced six days ago that the world would be releasing 60 million reserve barrels. 30 from the U.S. and 30 from fuck knows where. I don't know if the Iran, I don't know if Iran factors into that or not. Um, but it is interesting that Russia's kind of there, like quasi negotiating against itself from another position. <clears throat> yeah, that's that's pretty fucking weird. That's some 4D chess, I guess. Yeah. Um, I mean, granted, they have Europe bent over a barrel right now, quite literally. Yeah. Um, but I don't know what the distribution is of natural gas versus oil. So for me, I always assumed that it was that Russia, as far as energy goes, had them way more fucked on gas than oil. Liquid natural <clears throat> gas seems to be what Russia really like owns Europe on. Yeah, that's my understanding too. And um, 
that's why I think like right now, Russia is basically in control of Donetsk and Luhansk, mm-hmm. which are both like they're they're both there on the eastern side of Ukraine. Those were the two parts <clears throat> that Putin said was like these are new countries now. Yeah, uh, and that those are two of the parts that had like a, uh, the majority, like seventy percent of the people there are pro-Russian. Right, right. It was like seventy thirty, um, <clears throat> but Luhansk is the. I think it's the largest natural gas producing region in all of Ukraine mm-hmm. that's currently operational. Uh, and then <clears throat> people were asking about Chernobyl and why that was getting fucked with. Apparently there's an untapped reservoir of fucking natural gas there as well. So that's what this all seems to be about based on right. what Russia is doing. <sighs> Man. So maybe you're right. I mean, it could be just that simple that they're going to, lean into the natural gas and let everybody else fuck around with oil. Cause there's, I mean, in that region, other than Ukraine and Russia, it's not coming out of the ground. Yeah. So, I mean, what else are you going to fucking do? And we're not, we're not going to put a natural gas pipeline from fucking Pennsylvania to, <laughs> to, uh, to Germany. I, we just sent a huge fucking fleet over there. Like two, I think it was right before the, the invasion <clears throat> of Ukraine started mm. that like we were trying to, we, we, be, we became a, the, at least for a moment, the biggest exporter of natural gas to Europe. Like mm. we overtook Russia because we knew this was coming, or at least like in the weeks leading up, we knew it was coming. Mm. Um, but it still was not a good enough ratio, right? Like it's still like if Russia cut off its natural gas, which comes directly in a pipe to yeah. Western <clears throat> Europe, as opposed to ours coming on a bunch of fucking boats, uh, like they're still fucked. Like we basically. I want. I don't remember the numbers, but it was like America is now providing, uh, you know, thirty or like forty percent of the natural gas, but Russia is mm. still like thirty-five or yeah. like it's still so much that it's it'd be untenable to have it fully cut off. It's also got to be uh, way more inefficient, cost-wise, to move gas across the fucking ocean. Yeah, one hundred percent. Let's see. Let's do some ads. So speaking of moving gas, uh, that's not really a, a good segue. If you like Dutch ovening your loved ones or yourself. A Dutch oven is an actual device. It's a tool. It's a fucking, like, Le Crusade fucking cast iron coated I, fucking I, thing that you cook in, goddammit. That's I not got what a Dutch I use oven. it for. And now everybody that, every time I'm like, oh, yeah, you just get a Dutch oven and you do this, they're like, oh, 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 oh. like shut <laughs> the fuck up. <laughs> fucking Jesse did it to me the other day. No, they're really good to cook in. It's cast iron. Yeah. Stupid bastard. Anyways. It's a great, great thing to <clears throat> confit something in. It is, yeah. I decided I'm not going to fry a turkey for Thanksgiving next year. That's too redneck. I'm going to mm. confit the turkey. Uh, do you break it down first? Yeah, I think you need to break it down. <clears throat> so you've got to get it rid of uh, the tendons, but keep the fat yeah. to confit. Or you can add, I don't know if you can, what kind of fat would you add to turkey? You couldn't use duck or rabbit fat. It would be too much, probably. Maybe duck fat. You could do work, duck fat, yeah. I think, would be fine. Or honestly, you can even just confit in oil, basically. It's just yeah, like Yeah, but it's, that's like, come on, man. Yeah. That's not, that's not the way it's done. Don't be an asshole. <laughs> you can just go uh, to Texas and use beef tallow or beef fat or whatever the fuck. Yeah, that's, I'm sure that's what fucking uh, Joe Rogan does for Thanksgiving. <laughs> it's like there's a DMT pen and a fucking big plate of... Uh, beef tallow cooked tar- turkey. <laughs> Vegetables are for queers, man. We eat that shit around here. Um, <clears throat> ghost bed. Right now, Ghost bed is offering 40% off bundles where you get a mattress and an adjustable base. So, 
Brittany and I just got back from Florida this morning. Definitely packed an extra bag and put our pillows in there. Mm-hmm. I'm not sleeping. I'll never sleep on another hotel pillow again unless I'm blacked out, <laughs> uh, which means I ended up in a hotel because I was blacked out. Right. I mean, I, I usually my head hits a hotel pillow drunker more often than, than sober. <clears throat> yeah, I mean... But you still wake up that's feeling true. like shit. Yeah, I mean, my neck's all fucked up. Right. I can't do that shit. No, that's inverse correlation, Rob. You're drunk because you already know you're staying at a hotel. Oh, that's true. It doesn't matter. The effect is the same, right? He's, he didn't imply that he was drinking to get through the pillow situation. Yeah, no, that's I, I've, quite the opposite. He's fact. just a drunk piece of shit. Yeah. That's not correlation at all. That's just a fucking fact. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we love Ghost Bed. They've been a loyal sponsor for five years. They got great deals on all their shit, and their shit is great. Uh, sheets, pillows, adjustable base, mattress, the fucking heavy blanket. Everything's good. I like all of it. I've got so much of their stuff. Maybe I'm going to start fucking uh, reselling. Just like trick Rich Bernstein and sending me free shit. <laughs> then he sees it on fucking eBay and shit. Like, hey, dude, can you stop selling the beds, please? Uh, You're really undercutting our business. Yeah. Uh, 40% off if you get a bundle package, which is a mattress and an adjustable base and anything else you add to that. Uh, for everything else, 30% off. Use the code DRINKINBROS uh, at ghostbed.com forward slash DRINKINBROS. And that's for any, as big or small. It could be a, <clears throat> could be a pillow. It could be three mattresses. Yeah. Whatever. Richard Ryan used it for... Um, he bought beds for all the rooms in his house and his guest house. Yeah. It's like $12,000 worth of shit. Um, but it would have been more. Well, actually, it was 12000 before the discount. But yeah, good deal. Go to ghostbed.com forward slash drinking bros. <sighs> Next up, we don't really have anything. So um, <clears throat> go check out Hard as Fuck Seltzer. Yes. Hard AF Seltzer. That can. Dot com. It's the... It's it's pretty much the best thing you're ever going to put in your mouth that isn't on somebody else's body. I've enjoyed your post uh, shaming people into drinking it. Which one was that? Oh, just that, your stories on Instagram. That, where... That's not me though. I'll, all I'm doing is I am just a messenger, <laughs> and Lasro Lopez is the Messiah. Yeah, there. If you're afraid of that level of manliness, then stick to your fucking Coors Light, buddy. Yeah. But if you want to fucking, if you want to be able to do roundhouse kicks. <laughs> And grow mullets, then you need to be drinking this shit. That's just the way it is. Have you, uh, are you still on um, whatever your original uh, favorite flavor is? Or are you kind of like, I drink a lot of that now. I'm, I'm moving on, kind of grooving into something new. Uh, yeah, I've been drinking more of the shortcake lately. Uh, although it's, pro- it's probably my favorite now, but I still like the lemon lime. Yeah. <clears throat> I'm, I'm still on peach fully, although blue raspberry is coming around on me pretty good. I'm just not a fucking blue blue raspberry guy, really. Uh, I think maybe if I put, I think I'm gonna mix the blue raspberry and the lemon lime together. Ooh, I think that's gonna be good. I'm gonna drink one of those later today, actually. As soon as we're done with this stupid ass show, tired of this. Now I was into this show, and now I'm thinking <laughs> about the booze, and I'm ready for it to be over. What are you looking at? I was just going to comment on the booze and whether you wanted a 50-50 blend or a different uh, proportion. Uh, I will start with a 50-50 blend and then I'll adjust accordingly. Right? I think the blue raspberry has a stronger <clears throat> flavor, so you could probably go like 75-25. We'll see. Yeah. I'll, I'll cross that bridge when I come to it. Maybe I'll fill it up when it's halfway done with just blue ras. Uh, what? 
I just feel like a peach shortcake would be good as well. No, peach strawberry shortcake. Why would that be good? Just like a. <laughs> You're doing too much. Just put the mic down. Yeah. This is weed. Now you've either smoked too much of it or not enough. Get yourself right, because that was a dumb thing to say. Um. <clears throat> all right. Anyways, hard as fuck seltzer, hardafseltzer.com. Uh, go ahead and buy it, drink it, tell us if you like it. Uh, if you don't, we don't really care because we like it. Yeah, we'll still be drinking. We it. made it for us. I don't we, give a shit about you. It's really the best. Like, it's it's not going to fail, but it's the best business you can have that fails because then you're just stuck with a th- yeah. <laughs> hundred thousand cans of booze you get to drink. Um, yeah, I'm sure our our collective loved ones are going to be thrilled about that. <laughs> Like, hey, uh, you know, we had a rough day at work. Uh, uh, sales were not good, so we're going to have to drink 80 cans of this 8% <laughs> seltzer tonight. Sorry. Them's the rules. Just can't afford the warehouse space. <clears throat> yeah. Hey, it's, it is kind of expensive. Um, so back to this shit show. <clears throat> We've laid all the, fr- the framework for all this, the ground uh, uh, level stuff, like what's happened up till now. <clears throat> Uh, so we're, let's get into it. Uh, what, what's been going on over the last couple couple of months? Uh, the Biden administration has seemingly been excluding Congress from the deal, preventing it from performing the oversight mandated by the Iran Nuclear Agreement Review Act of 2015. The Biden administration has promised to follow the law, but Congress has yet to be presented with the details of the deal or ask for any kind of approval. And this uh, this conversation has been going on for two months now, and Congress has yet to be addressed. <clears throat> Um, even as attempts are made to isolate Moscow in response to the Russian invasion of Ukraine, the Biden administration continues to use Russia as a key interlocutor uh, in the negotiations. You want to look that one up too? Delco. Interlocutor. How, so how involved was Congress in uh, the 2015 and then Trump's <clears throat> withdrawal in 2017 as opposed to now? Like, I know there's the Iran Nuclear Agreement Review Act mm. of 2015, but it's, so it's the Agreement Review Act? Yeah, but when, so. so what, how involved were they before they reviewed it, I guess? I, I, can't, I can't imagine that um, there was much involvement in the Trump part because he just signed an EO to leave the agreement. Right. Uh, as far as Biden, or, or I guess that would have been Obama, Obama Biden at the time. Probably didn't have a whole lot of opportunities. Yeah. Right. There was only a year and three months, I think, left on his term in there. And well, Congress probably would not have spent that time reviewing something that just went into effect. Yeah. Usually you wait a while and then do it. So probably not much so far. <clears throat> it seems like a rule that's never been used. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's there. It's, it's handy if you want to use yeah. it. But if it's not, you just let it fucking slide, basically. Yeah. Republican foreign policy leaders in Congress have criticized the Biden administration's approach, saying the administration is ignoring uh, future security issues and violating the law by not allowing Congress to review the details of the negotiations. Uh, That's probably true. Um, Representative Michael McCall, a Republican from Texas, never heard of him, um, told the Washington Free Beacon that, quote, congressional review of any Iran nuclear deal ensures legislative oversight of any dealings regarding the nuclear program by the world's leading state sponsor of terrorism. If the administration circumvents Congress, that is a blinking red light for the American people that this is a bad deal. 
probably right about that. Like deals made in secret usually. I mean, if it was Trump or I guess in, in, in reality, Jared Kushner, who negotiated all those Middle East peace deals. Right. Uh, doing it, I would have a little bit more faith because they're not pussies. <laughs> I mean, honestly, Biden's a fucking idiot and a pussy. Um, uh, Iranian officials have insinuated that a deal has almost been reached, regardless of congressional review. Uh, Mustafa, whoa, what's that name? Uh, let me look at it. I was actually Kush- looking up McCall real quick. He is, uh, he might be our representative for this office. Oh, shit. It stretches all the way from Houston into parts of Austin. Out, outer Houston into parts of Austin. Interesting. Um, but I can't get a good zoom in on the map. Whatever the Texas 10th Congressional District is. But either way, let me look at that name real quick. Uh, ours is Chip Roy. <sighs> at, at where we live. Okay. Where oh, live. no, where you and I live. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, or Roger Williams, who I've also never heard of. Well, it's changing <clears throat> now. Oh, okay. Yes. So McCall is our representative for this office. Sweet. Yeah. Never heard of him. <laughs> um, uh, so Mustafa Koshesm, maybe. Yeah. Uh, and an advisor to Iran's negotiators told the Iranian press that, quote, the U.S. has accepted Iran's conditions to reach an agreement. Mustafa has also claimed that the Ukraine conflict has forced Biden administration to take a less confrontational stance in negotiations and that several EU states have demanded that sanctions on Iran's crude oil be lifted. Now that is all probably true. Like the, the Europe is under a lot of pressure right now to yeah. figure out some, something for energy. Unless Germany turns three of those nuclear reactors back on, which I don't know if they're going to do it. They're kind of fucked. How much power were those three? It was dumb to turn them off. I, I, I've never got a good, could find a good answer on how much power they're providing as opposed to, I guess the gas they're importing from Russia. There probably isn't data on that, but the, what you would have to look at is from the date that it got switched off, which energy sources rose, right? Mm-hmm. Like how much more natural gas or oil was used. I know coal time. rose quite a bit. Yeah. Very green of them. You know what's weird? Uh, <clears throat> and when uh, uh, we had that general on, was six months ago maybe? He was talking about how China is moving towards green energy and shit. Mm-hmm. 70% of the energy in China is still coal or wood. Yeah. Wood. Wood. Which is very new coal, I guess. Right. Right. Like the, it's, it's not coal yet. The funniest thing I ever read about coal, about like green energy negotiations and, and coal and stuff like that, yeah. was essentially that like all the first world <laughs> or very wealthy countries like the United States, Canada, Western Europe, even Russia and China would were like telling the rest of the world like all right, we need to get off coal and like especially like Africa and South America and smaller uh East and South Asian countries were like what? Like they You only... all just got rich off coal for the last yeah. 200 years using nothing but coal. Mm. And now we can't use coal to like lift up ourselves up to your economic level? Like fuck you. Yeah, well, I mean, look, whites don't really like giving other people upward mobility. <laughs> that's kind of that's kind of uh, on our. If you look on the back of our baseball card, right. it says "Don't do that." <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that's how it is. The last the when, when people are uh, trapped, it's like being trapped underground or something. You're in a bomb shelter, <clears throat> and everybody who gets out closes the door behind them. Yeah, instead of turning and reaching around to grab somebody else to pick them back up. Uh, we're a bunch of pieces of shit <laughs> as a species. Uh, 
So <clears throat> you always hear all the political rhetoric about, oh, they're not being transparent, they're not working with us, and blah, blah, blah. I usually let that stuff pass in one year and out the other because there's really no – it, it could be perception or even opinion. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And there's no way to quantify it unless you were there. So what's the point of even talking about it? I mean, I guess it's interesting to speculate sometimes. <clears throat> but when when members of the incumbent party's administration, especially at the bureaucratic and diplomatic level – start leaking things, then you, right. then that's a pretty good validation that what's happening behind the scenes is not good. <clears throat> like I said, we saw it with Trump a couple times. Mm-hmm. But the super successful deals that made sense that they were doing. The Mideast ones? We didn't hear shit about that until they were done. No, they pretty like, much popped up. Yeah, there were five major Middle East peace deals done between us, Israel, and the host country. <clears throat> You didn't hear shit about that until no. it was like announced. You're like, oh, what? Sorry, what? Uh, <laughs> I mean, I'm sure part of that is no one really gives a crap about uh, Kuwait or Djibouti being. Maybe Kuwait's one of the like fucking six richest countries in the entire Middle East. Right. And they went after, I called that. I don't mean that it's not important. <clears throat> I mean that, is that going to get a click? Is it sexy? I would say, yeah, if, if it had been Obama negotiating a right. peace deal, then it would have been sexy to the media, but otherwise not. <clears throat> so the guy I mentioned before, uh, Gabriel Narana, um, the former special advisor for the Secretary's Iran Actions Group, the Secretary of State, and the Trump administration. So he is the <coughs> – he was uh, <sighs> for – For the part of the State Department that was dedicated to dealing with Iran's bullshit, he was the expert. Uh, Okay. He recently posted a thread on Twitter that I referred to before, expressing his concerns with the concessions being made during the current negotiations in Vienna. According to him, officials have become so concerned that they have allowed him to publish certain details of negotiations in hopes that Congress will be convinced to step in and stop the capitulation. In the Twitter thread, Narana said three members of the U.S. negotiating team have left uh, due to concessions being made by the U.S. and that the entire negotiation process has been filtered through a Russian diplomat named Mikhail uh, Yulianov, which is great. Mm -hmm. You can definitely trust Russian diplomats. Right. With your fucking nuclear security. With anything. <clears throat> That's been the funniest part of this Brittany Griner thing. Oh, yeah. The amount of people I've seen be like, how could she be so stupid to take drugs to the airport? And I was like, well, you're operating under the assumption that, yeah, yeah. that, that Russia's not lying about yeah, it. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Rana insists that the deal being negotiated in Vienna is a threat to national security, that it is illegal and illegitimate and does not serve U.S. interests in the, either the short or long term. Robert Malley, M-A-L-L-E-Y, an American attorney, has been leading the negotiations on behalf of the U.S. since the initial 2015 talks that resulted in Jigpoa. So he's been on that for seven years? Mm-hmm. That's weird. <clears throat> he's kind of, uh, he's like an attorney, but he's like a lifelong diplomat, really. Mm. I guess. He's been the special envoy to Iran for this year, basically. Mm. 
uh, and he was the lead negotiator in the last one. And before mm-hmm. that, he was just kind of working for international groups, Obama, Clinton administration, blah, blah, blah. Speaking of that, the Clinton Global Initiative is coming back. Sick. Did you guys hear about that? No. Well, what does it do? It funnels money. Okay. All right. <laughs> the fuck you think it does? Uh, <laughs> I have no idea. As a result of the current negotiations, the U.S. has promised to lift sanctions on some Iranian terrorists, which, again, the fucking agreement says you cannot do. I mentioned that. That's why I put that in bold before. Right. Um, uh, leading officials. So... The U.S. has promised in this, to lift sanctions on some Iranian terrorists, leading officials in the development of WNDs, and sanctions placed on the IRGC, or Islamic Revolutionary Guard Corps. The IRGC is a branch of the Iranian military intended to protect the country's Islamic political system as well as protecting the country from foreign influence. So the IRGC is the Sharia police, basically. <laughs> yeah, aren't they kind of like a fun mix of like... Uh actual military group like you said kind of secret sharia mm. police and all like a kind of islamic gestapo they're basically the islamic gestapo the in, the interesting thing is when they travel internationally and i've heard this from people at the very tippy top of uh, uh international security that they just fucking get places and get shit faced and order whores <laughs> which is not surprising i guess right but when you're like when you, you're the Sharia police, <laughs> that's like, I don't know, being... Who uh, watches the Watchmen. Yeah, I don't know. <clears throat> um, the team sent by Biden uh, is prepared to lift sanctions on nearly every en- entity affected by the executive order 13876, which was signed by Donald uh, Julius Trump. I think it's Julius. Mm-hmm. Uh, in June of 2019. <sighs> EO-13876 imposed sanctions on the Supreme Leader of Iran, Ali Khamenei, and the uh, Office of the Supreme Leader of Iran, along with authorizing the imposition of sanctions on other de- others determined to be associated with the Supreme Leader or the Office of the Supreme Leader. <clears throat> Some of the people who were sanctioned under that executive order, <sighs> Mosin Rezi, maybe? Rezai? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> he was involved in the 94 suicide attacks in Argentina that killed 85 people and is still the deadliest attack in Argentina's history. I got, wh- why weren't Islamists oil? And, okay. It's gotta be right. Like, I, gonna, like Argentina feels like a random place to be. <laughs> Look, man, they fuck them. You know what I, mean? <laughs> I have, I actually have no idea. I have to look into that. Um, uh, Ali Akbar Velayati, which is, I mean, that's just an unfortunate first and middle name. Yeah, like you can't yell for that dude in public. Yeah, if you're out, if you're like in a, in the mall and you get split up from this guy, you can't just yell Ali Akbar. Yeah, because white people are like, "What the hell? Oh, <laughs> no. Where's my gun?" That was uh, one of my favorite SNL skits from right after nine eleven. It was just like people whose lives were ruined by nine yeah. eleven, and one of them was like this guy named Al Jazeera for Al Jazeera. <laughs> he had an Al Jazeera Motors. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> like we can't, we don't have yeah. any business anymore. What about the one that uh, Robert De Niro did, where it was just like all the weird Islamic sounding names, like I shit my drawers and shit like that? <laughs> uh, he would be so offended by that now. Yeah. Very. Can you, can you imagine being offended by shit you did? I would love to do that. Just like if there was a way to make him forget that it was him somehow and then show him what was happening. And he'd be like, oh, 
oh. And then it's like the mask singer. You pull the mask off, and it's him. And he's like, oh, well, what I meant <laughs> was a- this, man. I wasn't. Obviously, I'm not a racist. Like, okay, why don't you apply the same level of charity to everyone else that you just did to yourself, you fucking cunt. Mm. <sighs> Tribeca sucks. Anyways, uh, Brigadier General Hossein Dagan, uh, who led IRGC forces in Lebanon and Syria, where when Hezbollah attacked the Marine compound in Beirut in 1983, killing 241 U.S. service members, mostly Marines, and that was the first instance of bomb suicide. I'm sorry, of bomb terrorism. Yeah, in in mo- the modern world, 241. By the way, is an insane body count. <clears throat> yeah, I, I, have we lost that many people in a single instance of like combat that wasn't like sort of like a nationwide invasion, like going into the entire country of Iraq? Have we lost anyone that many people in a day since Vietnam? Hmm. Maybe even not even Vietnam. Maybe fucking Korea or World War Two. Of v- Vietnam, there were some pretty, there were some pretty fucking large death counts per day. I think uh, the uh, <clears throat> what the fuck is it? Their stupid holiday over there. Oh, uh, the Tet Offensive. Yeah, Tet Offensive. Yeah. Um, let's see. I'm looking it up on. Most of these are World War One, Two, and the Civil War. Right. Um, Korean War. There was seventeen hundred thirty-two people killed. Well, that was in over the course of fucking two months, man. Come on. Yeah, I mean Antietam is is the the goat. Uh, They're doing this by battles and not single days. So I don't know if you can. Yeah. Well, Antietam was both, <clears throat> was both right. So I think that was like a couple thousand. But still, 240 people would shit their pants. I mean, like people are dunking on the Russians right now for losing like 200, yeah. 300 people a day, supposedly, allegedly. <laughs> yeah. Well, here we go. Okay, so the concessions made by Mali will also lift sanctions on Khomeini's personal slush funds, which are known as uh, Bonyads, B-O-N-Y-A-D-S. I don't know what that means. Um, but they include uh, Aston Kud, uh Razavi and execution of Iman Khomeini's order, which confiscated houses and billions from political dissidents and religious minorities. So um, <clears throat> there's, a, there's a slush fund, apparently, that's filled with money and property that not, not just in Iran, but internationally, that uh, Khomeini just fucking stole from people. Right. Uh, we were talking about Ibrahim Rossi. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he uh, is known for torturing and killing religious minorities, according to Norahana. Norana. Mm. Uh, in fact, I want to say he killed like a bunch of people at one, like hanging uh, from the forklift, which is like I don't oh, know why, yeah. but that really troubles me more than seeing someone hanged from like a tree or something. The it, forklift, yeah, like or like uh, the crane or whatever. That mm-hmm. I don't know why it's just like a weirder, more uh, dystopian version of mm. an execution. But yeah, so like uh, Christians in Iran, for example. Yeah, there's quite a few. There's a bunch of Zoroastrians mm-hmm. and Christians and Jews, actually. Yeah. Believe it or not. Um, <clears throat> Banyad Mustafa, blah, 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 I have no idea what his name is. Uh, a massive conglomerate that confiscated property from Jews and Baha'is. So there's a bunch of Baha'i faith people there, too. By the way, Rain Wilson, Dwight Schrute, Baha'i, yeah. Baha'i faith. Really? Yeah. No idea how the fuck that happened. That is... 
when <clears throat> Buddhism isn't niche enough anymore. Yeah. It's like fucking Kabbalah. Um, <laughs> lifting these sanctions is at, uh, is odd due to the fact that EO 13 or one, three, eight, seven, six was not related to the nuclear program or the Jigpo at all. It was completely separate. Um, it was a direct response to actions taken by Iran and its proxies to destabilize the Middle East, uh, promote international terrorism and advance Iran's ballistic missile program. <clears throat> so they're capitulating on shit. One, that the agreement they're trying to try to re, are, try, are trying to reinstitute says that you can't capitulate on. Right. Like you're not allowed to end sanctions for weapons or terrorism. And that's ex, like that's they're doing that. Um, <clears throat> uh, the year was signed as a result uh, as a, of, of Iranian tax on U.S. military and civilian assets. Um, and it was part and parcel with the Soleimani uh, killing. <clears throat> Along with previously mentioned sanctions being lifted, the concessions also lift sanctions against Iranian economic and financial arms that support Iranian terror, uh, repression, and WMB. WMD infrastructure. Uh, some of these entities, such as the economic arms of the... Oh. Mayor, this, the Iranian language <clears throat> is really like the worst of three worlds. Yes. Like the kind of like steppe, almost Russian language, mm. Persian and... Uh, um, Arabic. Arabic, yeah. yeah. Uh, Mayor Ekstad, Ekdesad, maybe, right. network. Uh, some other name directly fund the, the Bazij resistance force, which recruits and trains child soldiers. Um, so that's dope. We've removed, we're planning on removing those sanctions, I guess. Um, <clears throat> again, none of that is related to the nuclear program at all, but they're being lifted due to concessions made by Mali, despite Anthony Blinken and Robert Mali saying otherwise. Now this is coming from people inside the state department. Yeah. Leaking it. Cause they're <clears throat> pissed off about yeah. it happening. And three of their top negotiators, again, have completely walked off the job. Uh, other individuals and entities sanctioned under the Jigpoa will have all sanctions lifted, despite nearly 100 of them being later sanctioned for terrorism, human rights violations, and participating in Iran's WMD programs. What does WMD program mean in this situation? Is it chemical <clears throat> or biological, or are they including them? Like, well, they were working on the nuclear weapons. It's NBC, nuclear biological chemical okay but i I don't know specifically right i don't know if they make a point of that uh some of the other individuals and entities have been sanctioned who have been sanctioned uh and whose sanctions will now be lifted include uh the gavamin bank which was sanctioned in 2018 for supporting the iranian law enforcement forces that tortured and drowned afghans Hmm. interesting (laughs) uh just drowning people shit (laughs) Uh, the Seth- by the way, that's a good bank to uh, look at, by the way, and <clears> see uh, all these banks, because there's just a list of banks, and see which American banks and mm. whatever start working with them, but then we'll, like, pull out of, like, uh, I don't know, like, we're taking our name off Kansas City Chiefs or something, you know <laughs> what I mean? Like, we won't sponsor stuff in their stadium anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Good, good. They, they virtue signal on America and then fucking deal with terrorists right. internationally. Dude, it's honestly a bit... <laughs> <clears throat> to go back to the Britney Griner thing for a second, it's a bit odd to me. I don't know how actually politically active she is, but like if she were to speak out about something um, that was maybe like wrongfully anti LGBTQ, whatever in America, but then go play in fucking Russia. Yeah. That's a little, that's a bit odd <clears throat> to me. 
Um, I mean, you got to get paid, right? I guess. I, well, I, I chase that paycheck for sure. But uh, yeah, it's interesting yeah. to want to go work there. It's, by the way, it's not just these banks that are full of shit. <clears throat> In 2014, when Russia annexed Donbass and Crimea, uh, Ukraine lost control of some of its oil production and the inst- and the destabilization there. <clears throat> like two weeks after that, Shell and Exxon canceled their contracts with the Ukrainian government and then gave those contracts to the Russian government. <laughs> right, and now last week Shell's like, "Oh, we're sorry. Last Good. week, we're sorry for buying that oil last week from Russia. We won't do it again." Like these people are fucking full of shit. Um, <clears throat> The SEPA Bank, or SEPA, uh, the financial linchpin of Iran's missile procurement network, um, the Central Bank of Iran and National Development Fund, which were both sanctioned for being uh, for providing funds to the IRGC, Quds Force, uh, Soleimani was the head of Quds Force, and Hezbollah, which is a, an international terrorist organization. Yeah, that's that, just literally a terrorist organization. That's like <clears throat> Al-Qaeda, basically. Mm-hmm. Although Hezbollah is quite a bit more effective than Al-Qaeda. Now, Al-Qaeda's had bigger individual strikes, but Hezbollah over time is, is quite a bit more successful. As a matter of fact, they're deeply rooted in South American narco-terrorism as well. Oh, um, Yes. So <sighs> probably some chance that all the Chinese uh, fentanyl that's making its way through South and Central America is probably good. They probably have their hands on that in some way or another. Um, <clears throat> uh, also sanctioned, uh, sanctions that are going to be lifted, the National Iranian Oil Company and the National Iranian Tanker Company, both of which fund the Quds Force, uh, who are responsible for the death deaths of thousands of Syrians and at least 600 Americans. Um, <clears throat> nearly all of these entities were sanctioned due to funding terrorist groups, yet all of them will have sanctions uh, lifted. Um, the current concessions made by Mali and his team are effectively trying to codify their permanent exemption from sanctions, regardless of their complicity in human rights violations. So this is what people inside the state department are saying. Not only are these sanctions being rolled back in a manner that's inconsistent with the original agreement, but they're trying to code the language such that they can never be sanctioned again. That's, that is extremely problematic. So who is that desperate for oil? For oil or to Iran I mean, not have a new... Iran releasing a million barrels doesn't seem like that's even enough to be desperate for. No, that's nothing. Is someone uh, desperate to... Are there, are there people desperate to, what, get a win uh, foreign policy-wise? Are they just that desperate to, for Iran to never have a fucking nuke? I don't know. Israel for sure is. But yeah. I, I'm not sure if, an, if a nuclear Iran is that big of a deal. Yeah. Because they've shown... They operate now the way Russia did in the 70s and 80s, like behind the scenes, low key. Mm-hmm. They don't do like big shit like Russia's trying to do over the last 15 years. Um, and but, also they feel to me, aside from is them hating Israel quite a bit more, it, it feels more like it would be like a uh, nuclear Pakistan. Yeah, I mean, I feel like their population, we could turn their population pretty easily because it was, it, it, it was very pro-Western not too long ago. Right. Um, Let's see. Uh, All the previously mentioned entities and individuals were sanctioned due to being indicted for nuclear crimes or terrorism, but the blanket exemptions offered by the current negotiations in Vienna will lift the sanctions placed on them for human rights violations, which have nothing to do with the JICPOA. The remove 
to remove these sanctions, <clears throat> it would normally be required to prove that the entities are no longer funding terrorist groups, meaning the current attempt to lift the sanctions is technically illegal, uh, also illegal because of the INARA that Congress passed in 2015, mm-hmm. uh, where they are required to review any deal. Right. Um, so with the with that requiring to review any deal, yeah, like w- at what point? At what point, and also, how do they approve it? Is it just yeah, a straight a, vote? Well, no, there's so, uh, or is it a committee that approves it? We do that with, uh, I think Brazil. We have this thing where we recertify that they're government is still actively working against narco-terrorism and thus we continue to trade with them and shit. Yeah. And we have to certify it like every three years or five years or some shit. Um, I don't know what that entails. Yeah. My understanding is, is that it would be a committee, but so it wouldn't go to the floor or whatever. I wouldn't think so. No, you're not going to have a a fucking full house and Senate vote on something like that. Yeah. Um, Robert, Mali has proposed to the Iranians that the U.S. will remove the IRGC from the foreign terrorist organization list if the Iranians promise to talk to the U.S. in new negotiations about their terrorist activities. Just give us a heads up. So we do negotiate with terrorists, I guess (laughs) is what you're saying. Um, Well, that's nothing new. No. The Iranians in return have reportedly refused Mali's offer unless the IRGC is unconditionally removed from the terror, terror list. Uh, but regardless of this decision, uh, the IRGC would still have U.S. sanctions against them lifted. Just So it's easier to pay for whores. I guess, yeah. Or terrorism. Yeah. Just give money to Hezbollah. And um, then the celebratory whores. Yeah, you. sure. Um, in return for doing next to nothing, Iran is set to receive an estimated $90 billion in foreign exchange uh, services, along with over $50 billion a year in extra revenue from petroleum exports. <clears throat> I mean, it could be that the U.S. is trying to make a move. Like, they see the Soviets coming back. They're going to start funneling their uh, oil and natural gas to India and China more. Mm-hmm. And then you need somebody... You can't only have OPEC in the Middle East. Right. Like you need some other opposition party to to level prices. That's not the worst. That That's game theory. Yeah. Like that's economics. You don't want to get into a deal with somebody where you don't have any options. And if we go to OPEC, we're fucked. <laughs> now, a more reasonable person might say, well, why don't we just drill our massive oil reserve? Right. Why, like if, you, if you're Joe Biden or Al Gore and you're super serial about us being able to get to renewable energy in the next 50 years or so, we're not going to ruin the planet in 50 years. I'm sorry. It's just not fuck. If, when the, when the owner of the largest electric vehicle company on earth is like, Hey, we should probably produce more oil. of our own. <laughs> when, when a guy's saying, Hey, this is going to like, I'm the richest dude in the world. This is probably going to fuck me over, but yeah, please do it. Like fuck me over. Cause I don't want to die. Well, seems like a good idea. Although, to be fair, if we do the more energy production like he wants, it would also be a lot more natural gas coming out of the United States, which is the main or one of the main mm. energy grid, uh, whatever. Yeah, like that's what supplies most of the electricity in the United States. So, I guess if if electricity gets cheaper or more homemade, 
then maybe that helps Musk. Who knows? But yeah, we should. It is bizarre to me that the main, I guess, avenue that they've been trying to pursue the last two or three weeks, basically since Ukraine started, was like, it's all right, we're going to get uh, Venezuela and uh, Iran to open up a little yeah. bit instead of just being like, dude, we got to turn the faucet back on. And they've asked Saudi Arabia to produce more oil now. Even the fucking Wall Street Journal yesterday reported that Saudi Arabia is not returning Joe Biden's phone calls. Yeah. That's not a good sign. They're not interested in, in putting more oil in the market. Saudi right Arabia now. is OPEC. Yeah. I mean, for all intents. There's there's plenty of member states, but they run they typically run the show there. Um and the, I mean, the, to me, the only reasonable option is to increase domestic production, which is it was working pretty well under Trump. And, and right. the only reason that you wouldn't do it is if you're a climate alarmist. And the person that I know that is the smartest on climate and climate policy, Michael Schellenberger, literally has written a book about climate alarmist nonsense. Yeah. Like, hey, we have a good shot at getting to renewable energy at some point during our lifetimes, but we're never going to get there like this. And you're just fucking up our economy and security by doing this shit. Um, <clears throat> so in these negotiations, after all this stuff, just removing all these people from the watch list, giving them tons of fucking money, um, <clears throat> Iran hasn't actually agreed to make any concessions on its ballistic, ballistic missile programs, uh, any of its terrorist activity or support for proxy groups, or make any guarantees against taking hostages from the U.S. or other countries. <laughs> Uh, the U.S. has gotten nothing in return from all the concessions made by Mali. Uh, the Jigpoa sunset has not been extended, <clears throat> and the U.N. arms embargo has uh, already expired. Uh, so any meaningful restrictions will expire in nine years. Uh, it would seem that Trump was probably right about the Jigpoa being a poorly negotiated deal, uh, and it's getting worse now. I mean, this is... Yeah. If... It's, that, it's weakness. Even if you feel like we've got to do this to, to settle relations with Iran and get more oil on the market, even if you feel like that way, this is not the way to do it. Like, if you're the president of the United States, you are the head of a fucking mafia organization. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's, if you show weakness, people will attack you. And that's all Biden has done. From the pullout in Afghanistan <clears throat> to letting our border get overrun. Pretty much everything he's been involved in, including Ukraine, by the way. Everything has just been pussy bullshit. And it's funny because that was his main, like his two main things when running for president are, we're going to get the adults back in charge. Right. right? By adults, I guess he meant senile geriatrics. <laughs> but the other part was his foreign policy chops. Mm -hmm. Like, I've been in government for, I, I, I know these people. I've dealt with these people. Like, all right, cool. We'll do it. Do it. I, I I, I, I want to know. I, it's weird to me, by the way. So the, the guy, Mally's the, the same guy that negotiated the first one. Yeah. And uh, now he's like. What happened? God, who the fuck knows? Dude? Right. <laughs> I mean, he's like, he, I, you have to believe he had some say in the provision that no, none of these sanctions on for WMD or terrorism or human rights violations would ever be removed. He had to have some say in that if he's right. the lead negotiator. And now he's going completely against that shit. Um I want to know the functional difference between the Russian government and the Iranian government or Saudi Arabian or Venezuelan, right? Like none of these are good people. No. Are we pretending? Is it because 
Iran and Saudi Arabia and Venezuela are brown people, so it's okay for them to do shit. I'm, I'm serious about this. Like you, you, right. you have to wonder about the psychology behind this because it doesn't make any strategic sense for us. I, I would say the simplest answer is Russia has something the other three don't. <clears throat> Which is what? Nuclear weapons. <sighs> Maybe. I mean, the, the it wouldn't... Whatever's happening right now in Ukraine mm. wouldn't begin to happen if it... If Russia didn't have nukes. Yeah, but Russia doesn't attack us, and uh, Iran does on a regular basis. Right. So, I don't know. It's a, it's an interesting thought experiment. Frankly, I don't know that there's that much of a difference between the Russian and Ukrainian governments. I mean, <clears throat> I know that the uh, legacy media thinks this dude is fucking Jesus, but... Zelensky. Yeah. He's <clears throat> uh, Medvedchuk the opposition party leader yeah, who's pro uh, not, not really pro Russian so much because he's fighting against him now, but like pro Russian. Is that the guy who was present before him? Who no, they that's, keep putting that's, on CNN? That's Poroshenko. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I'll get to him in a sec, but Medvedchuk <clears throat> has been fined and arrested mm-hmm. and all kinds of shit like over and over since right. Zelensky came into power. He's just trying to get rid of him. Same thing with Poroshenko. He's been trying to put Poroshenko in jail for terrorism because he sold oil to the region's, in Ukraine that Russia controlled. Like, fucking dude, what am I supposed to do? Like, not make money? Uh, <clears throat> and then Porsche, yeah, goes, uh, uh, since early 2019, he's been trying to put him in jail. And just two weeks before the invasion, he was, he was tra- he's under house arrest right now. Porsche came back into the country for the invasion, I believe. Well, he came back in and they put him on house arrest. Yeah. But then I think they let him out to go pretend he, to pretend to fight. Yeah, he's, yeah, yeah. he's on um, CNN a lot. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I mean, for me, the difference would just be, uh, I, yeah, they're obviously sketchy and corrupt and probably assholes, but... Uh, they're not imperialist. They're not imperialist. Yeah. Uh, however shitty Zelensky is, he doesn't have the bodies that Putin has. Not yet. I mean, he's only been in office for two years. That's fair, but, like, he doesn't have them. <laughs> like, he's, he's in, the, in the past six months, he's shut down three opposition television stations. Yeah. That's who you're dealing with. That's all. I just want people to be very clear about who this guy is before you start lionizing him and pretending like he's some fucking warrior good dude. He's not. He's a piece of shit. Like Putin's just a bigger piece of shit. Right. And we've made the mistake over and over and over again in the United States of picking the lesser piece of shit and giving him a bunch of money and guns. <laughs> and this time he's got a whole brigade of fucking Nazis on his team. Are we really doing this shit <laughs> again? Like, I mean, the, the chances of any of the... Uh, even the more sectarian uh, groups in Ukraine like that, uh, Azov or whatever battalion or brigade, becoming radicalized to the point that they're doing international terrorism seems r- pretty low. Right. Right. At least blowback on us. <sighs> Man, but fucking, I am so tired of, because now I can see, uh, all of it at once. It's like I'm looking at the third dimension from the fourth and I can see all the time. Yeah. And I see us arming all these people in Vietnam and fighting them and then arming all these people in Afghanistan and fighting them. Like, God damn it, are we really going to do this again? <laughs> Fuck, man. Like, who? what do you think? When we send all these fucking weapons to Ukraine and they get overrun, now what? I mean, I don't think they're going to get overrun just because I don't <laughs> think, pure, well, I don't think, there's enough Russian troops there to do it. He doesn't have the money. If he had the money, what he would really do is he would take the entire coastline 
and make Ukraine landlocked. Right. He would push a little bit north of Crimea because they have a problem in Crimea getting clean drinking water. Mm-hmm. Uh, and But there's a delta up there that you can use. And I think he would just take that whole thing right here. Yeah. All the way down the coastline of Ukraine. And he would take, <clears throat> he wouldn't hold, but he would, he would want, still does want to take Kiev for, for symbolic. For reasons. like a moral victory, yeah, I guess. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then give it, I think he wants to take Kiev just so he can give it back. Right. You know what I mean? But either way, Putin's a cunt. Zelensky's a cunt. Putin's a bigger one, right? He's a, he's a bit of a madman. I, I would say just several magnitudes bigger, but this is also what Russia always does. This is like, and I suppose maybe that's scarier from a historical perspective. Every <clears throat> 50 years, they try to assert themselves as like the new yeah. big boy on the block. But they have no fucking, they're like, they're like the Cleveland Cavaliers. They won one. Yeah. But it was only fucking circumstance. Like you have to have <laughs> the best player on the planet at the time. Right. And that's it. And you couldn't even win the seven years prior with that dude. Right. Uh, and also, you know, what, the best defender on the other team kept kicking people in the, in the <laughs> dick. Well, you know, he did. Uh, LeBron was fucking with him, I guess. Anyways, <clears throat> this I, I don't know how this is all going to play out. I think it's super weird that Russia has been deeply involved in these uh, talks with mm-hmm. Iran. Like, so you take it all at service value and you remove the players from it. You think about U.S. and Iran and then even the European oil market and how that might all work. It does make sense for the U.S. to try to calm down somebody that might be a problem. It makes sense to try to get them involved in the international market in exchange for not doing terrorism. Right. Uh, and it also makes sense when you have a player up north <clears throat> in Russia trying to fuck around with energy to have another source that isn't just OPEC in that region. Mm-hmm. All that makes sense. But then you add Russia and the country that's probably going to be buying most of their energy soon, China, to the negotiations. How does that work? Are, I, yeah, I, are I they, honestly don't understand. Are that. they forced to use the Security Council? Uh, maybe, but why would uh, – where, where's France and Germany? So actually Germany is the plus. Germany's the I plus. Saw the, the, so, okay. so it's France, England, Germany, China, and Russia doing mm-hmm. this? Yeah. Plus Iran and the U.S. Yes. I don't understand Russia or China's involvement. Like, if I was Russia, I would be like, fuck you guys. I'm not doing this. Although, if Russia's there leading Mali around by the nose and making him do all this stupid shit, then, I mean, you got to know. So, is it? I mean, there's probably, I guess, some advantage, too, of just in general, whether you're leading someone around by the nose or not, just kind of being in the room. Yeah, knowing what's going on. Right. I mean, they've got to know that it's very unlikely that a Democrat is in office in 2025. Mm-hmm. Um, probably likely there would be a populist Republican of some sort who's immediately going to say fuck all of this, right? Uh, so m- maybe they're playing a long game. I don't know. I think they prefer that. I actually think not even just a, a populist or then a weak Democrat, but the, I think they, I think like an ideal situation for the Russians and Chinese is that they keep uh, two-term presidents to a minimum. Probably, yeah. I mean, chaos is good. American chaos is good for them, politically, for sure. Yeah. It uh, keeps us from making big moves. Um, well, we'll see what happens. We'll fucking see. I don't know. I don't know what the fuck's going on. 
it is a weird uh this is like uh when you're playing total war and you don't understand what the ai is doing yeah <clears throat> and then you're dead yeah <laughs> uh yeah if you can't figure out what you're what the enemy's doing then you're in trouble in my opinion but you know we'll see what happens uh man we'll have more about this later in the week we'll see you now Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.